You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. And today we are going to talk about the five weekly habits that are going to make you better at flirting. So what do I mean by this? That means that if every single week you're doing this habit. Now, I was going to put daily habits, but you don't always get to do some of the things I'm about to say daily. I think you could if you really tried, but there's nothing wrong with a weekly habit, with making sure that you're doing these things every single week. And then when you do these things that I'm about to tell you, you will then be better at flirting instead of and kind of here's the trick here, instead of waiting for a woman to talk to, instead of having to only practice flirting when you're meeting women on dates or when you're only doing some approaches, which maybe you're not doing that often, you know, those are the only times where you're really going to be flirting. I don't count flirting to be over text message or over online dating apps. That's not the kind of flirting I'm talking about because that kind of flirting is not really something that you should be doing anyways. If you try to flirt, especially in the, in the things I'll be telling you today, if you try to use the concepts of flirting over online dating or text message, you actually may end up turning a woman off because then you say something that she just becomes offended by or she's not sure what you mean by it because a lot of flirting has to do with the subtleties, okay? It has to do with the way you're saying things, the way that you're acting, the things that can only be picked up in person and not just through ones and zeros and just text on a screen, okay? So that's why this is really important. Understand, again, that this is all about habits that you'll do every single week so that you can get better at flirting faster without having to be always on dates and approaching women. Because I understand for a lot of you, that might not be possible. You might not be going on that many dates all the time. You might not have every single week to be going out and approaching 30 women. I recommend that you do and that you're going to need to have a lot of volume if you want to find a great girl, but it's not always possible. So let's start with number one. Speaking your opinion more often. So first of all, why is this flirting? Flirting is about building tension. And a lot of guys won't be building tension in a conversation. So they won't speak their opinions that often. They won't talk about the things that they like, don't like, have opinions on, have thoughts on. More so, they become very agreeable in conversation. And by the way, I know this because I'm guilty of this. I still catch myself doing it sometimes where I'm just kind of being agreeable and just saying things like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When really, if I slowed down and listened to the conversation, I might say, oh, okay, no, I, I actually have a, a different opinion than on what we happen to be speaking about. And so this is a habit that can be created throughout the week because you have, hopefully, people that you're talking to other than women throughout the week. Maybe it's a coworker or a friend or a family member. 
And if you don't have any of those people that you're talking to on a regular basis, this would be a good time to start that. So easy for you if it's already happening. Now you can implement that. A little bit more work might be to start having more of these conversations. So what? So you can practice speaking your opinion and not being agreeable. And I know it sounds funny, like, well, Trip, what if I do agree with what this person is saying? And everything they're saying is something that I agree with. Well, that's fine. Of course, that can happen. But not every single person is going to agree and have the same opinions and the same likes and dislikes as other people. Yes, it can happen, but it doesn't always happen. I mean, I was at a bachelor party this past weekend. I was in Cabo. There was about 25 guys on this bachelor party. I had a lot of conversations. You better believe I was not being 100% agreeable and I was sharing my opinion in the conversations that I was having. Even though it might seem like you want to do that because you want to be agreeable because you don't want to step on any toes because you want to make sure you make a connection with the person, you will be, especially with women, you're going to be more forgettable if you're just someone who's going to be nice and agree. So we can take opportunities throughout our week with the people that we're talking to. Of course, you know, obviously, this should go without being said, but I'll say it. You know, not at work, okay? Work might be the easiest because you go to work every day and you have people to talk to, but that's different. You have your work and you might want to be agreeable with your boss when it makes sense to do that. I'm talking more about socializing. So when you're socializing with coworkers, friends, family, whoever, and especially women that you're talking to, and especially the women that you're going on dates with. But where can we find the opportunity to have real, actual conversation and not just ones that try to make you look good when actually they make you more forgettable? So think about that and think about where this could be placed in your week. I think that that's going to help you out tremendously so that when you finally are talking to a woman, you can start to practice building that tension. And also, don't go the opposite direction. Don't just be talking to people and disagreeing with them and lying. I think that more people actually are just lying now. They're talking to people being agreeable because they don't want to step on any toes. So don't go the opposite direction or else you're doing the same exact thing and just getting a whole other result where it's like, oh, wow, you guys are just arguing the whole time. You're disagreeing with everything they're saying. So just be more real. Be thoughtful in the conversation and add to your opinion where and when it makes sense. Number two, touchy-feely. I know that that is a term that is not really liked these days. I understand that with the Me Too movement, it becomes even more cringy to say it, but I'm talking to you on this podcast, and I think that you get what I mean when I say something like touchy-feely. So what does it mean? It means that you're going to introduce touch more with the people that you talk to, even with the women that you're not necessarily hitting on. Even if you're talking to some of your bros and you're having a good time. And I know you're probably like, I don't want to get touchy-feely with my bros, but we'll, we'll get into it. 
This is a really important tip. I know that there's guys out there who don't have a lot of experience with breaking touch barrier with women. And you're going to have, just like I was saying in the last tip, you're going to have less experience if you're only waiting for perfect times. If you're only waiting to break the touch barrier with women on dates or on approaches, you just won't get a lot of time to do it, right? That's all, what, honestly, this is what all of these habits are all about. Practicing a lot of this stuff because you're not going to be necessarily always getting the volume that you need to. And this is even good for beginners because you want to get that practice in as much as possible. So being more touchy-feely. Now, of course, we don't want to do this with the people at work. That should go without saying. This is not a work coworker tip. This is for people who you are close to, for your family, for your friends, and especially for women that you're talking to, and even more especially with the women that you find yourself attracted to. Okay, you're, you're going to want to break the touch barrier. And you're going to want to be, again, touchy-feely. I, I cringe at the word, but I really don't know a better way to say it. And I think you get what I mean here. Okay, so let's think about this for a sec. Touchy-feely just means breaking touch barriers and having opportunities to do so. But really, a person who is considered touchy-feely is not someone who waits for opportunities he creates them, okay? So he creates them. So when would you create that, for example, with your buddies? Well, you might not be doing it a lot, but hey, if you haven't seen a buddy in a while, if you feel comfortable, give him a hug. Give him a hug hello, right? Give him a high five. Give him one of the bro high fives where you just kind of like hit your hands and kind of grasp it and you pull each other in and quick pat on the back. Right, Even that right there is still a moment in time that's adding to the habit of, hey, I may break touch barrier when I'm seeing someone. Right, Give your bud a hug goodbye. If you're comfortable enough with your sexuality here, this shouldn't be something that would be you know, uncomfortable for you. It's not about getting you know, sexual or anything with your buddies. I know you don't want to do that. That's not the tip. It's just about practicing breaking that touch barrier. Let's talk about family. Hug them. And you say hello when you say goodbye. And with family and friends, there's also a lot of very non-sexual touch breaking that you can do, which is going to be touching their arm, when they say something that you agree with, right? So imagine you're like, oh, no way, that's so cool. And while you're saying that, you're kind of touching their arm or their elbow, not squeezing it. Again, this is like non-sexual. This is just breaking that touch barrier. Or imagine your buddy says something awesome. Give him a high five. He says something that makes you laugh. Dude, that was hilarious. You give him like a light push. Now, again, these things are not going to be necessarily the way you'll be using it with women, but I do believe deep down the breaking of the touch barrier in whatever sense it may be will carry over because you're going to be making new connections in your brain saying, okay, I want to look for opportunities or let's say, like I said earlier, create opportunities 
do-break touch barrier. And then we can utilize that a little bit more when we're actually flirting with women. Here's another thing. When you're going out and you are approaching women, you're talking to women, you're at a bar, you're at a club, whatever, and you end up in a conversation with a new girl, but you're not that interested in her, you might not end up getting her number, shouldn't matter. Go for the non-sexual breaking of the touch barrier. Okay, you can go for that high five. You can go for that touch of the arm. You can even go for that hug. And then when we're actually talking to women that we like and that we're attracted to, we might not utilize things like the high five, but we will utilize maybe going in for a hug. We might utilize that, you know, touching of the arm. There's even a great little technique where if you're very close to a woman and you're talking because maybe the environment is kind of loud, there's about six to nine inches of space between you two. And if you're talking a lot with your hands, naturally your hand might be lightly touching her stomach for a second, lightly touching her arm for a second, lightly be touching her waist for a second. If we only wait for those opportunities, if we only wait for those opportunities with the women that we like, I feel like we're missing out. I really think that I, I think we're missing out on great opportunities where we can be in that mindset because honestly, the touchy feely guy, it is a mindset. At first, it's really hard to be that person because you're so conscious of it, but we want to be more unconscious. Okay, so here, here's an example. I would consider myself a touchy feely guy right? That's how I've always communicated and I've learned to do it more. The problem I had many years ago is I wouldn't do that as much with women I was attracted to. How funny is that? I was able to do it with buddies and family members and, and girls that were friends, but I never really utilized it where it really mattered the most, <laughs> where I wanted it to matter the most, okay? But this weekend, I was at a bachelor party, you know, made some new friends, hanging out with some good guys, and touch barrier would break, right? I mean, I'm not going to wake up and give them hugs every single morning, but, you know, we might be laughing around and you just kind of like slap their arm a little bit and like, oh, dude, that was funny. Or like, oh, man, I like this guy. And then you take your hand and you kind of put it on his shoulder for a second and kind of tap it. You know, it's like those little moments where you just do that because that's a way to connect with people besides talking to them. Touch barrier is broken. I know it's like when I say this out loud, it sounds funny, but really try to notice it. Notice it when you're socializing with people. Watch where the touch barrier might break. Where people are doing non-sexual touch. It's interesting because in the West, this is not as comfortable. A lot of people don't do this in the West as much. From what I've heard in India, friends that are male actually hold hands. That would be unheard of in the West. And by the way, I'm not telling you to do that. I know that's not something we do over here. In fact, it's probably not something you want to do. Neither would I. Just it's not part of our culture. It's not something we're used to. But what we can do is at least have lighter versions of that. Okay, what are some lighter versions of that that we can introduce? And you don't do it all the time. But here's the thing. You're not really necessarily doing that all the time when you're on a date anyway. You might do it a little bit more on an approach, especially at night. 
but at least you'll be prepared for that because you've had some moments over the course of the week where you've broken the touch barrier. So think about that. Where can we implement that in your week? How do we make it a real habit? And remember, this episode's about habits. So what is a habit? A habit is something that once it's created, it almost becomes unconscious. Wrong word, not unconscious, subconscious. Wait, maybe it is unconscious. I'll get back to you on that one. But the point is, is you're just doing it without thinking. You're just doing it. It just happens. So think about that. Now, number three, no specific order. Here's the third habit, eye contact. Eye contact. Another one we're super easy to use. And guess what? Now we can take this everywhere. We can take this with, with work. We can bring this with our coworkers. We can do this when we're on FaceTime, creating the habit of making eye contact when you're talking to a person. And I know that there's some of you out there who are listening who Now we're at number three and you're like, wait, I really don't have enough opportunities for this. Well, that really, right there, that lies the problem. And that's okay. I'm not even expecting you guys to have this many opportunities with people. I know that it's getting harder. We work from home. A lot of things are virtual now. I totally get it. But then we create those opportunities. Whether it be with women and dating or with people that we know, which again, coworkers, family, friends. We can even up this one, because this one can be for when you go to a restaurant, when you get a coffee, when you're going out and doing anything that requires you to talk to someone who's working or selling you something, we can utilize eye contact now. So there should be some opportunities ahead of you. And if not, we can create them to practice. My number one tip, as always with eye contact, is looking a woman or person in one of their eyes. So if it's tough for you to create eye contact, try to make it less overwhelming. Look at them in one of their eyes. That will make it easier. The more you do this, the more it will become a habit and the more that you'll remember to do it when you're talking to women on dates and meeting them in person. I think that's pretty much it for eye contact. So that's habit number three. Let's go to habit number four, teasing. This I think is one of the more important ones because with teasing, it's not very intuitive. We might not think to do it, right? We understand eye contact and breaking touch barrier and maybe speaking your opinion, but teasing, that one's a little bit more of an art. It's more of a skill, okay? But we don't want to just practice this with the women that we like because your opportunities may not be there all the time. So we want to use these. I would not use teasing at work unless you're like friends with the coworker, then obviously that's different and you can utilize teasing. Now, if you are talking to your brother, 
your sister. You might be doing that already. You might not want to tease, although I think it's still funny to do it like your parents, right? Again, this is light teasing. You're not going to offend anyone. If you do this correctly, this is not about making someone feel bad about themselves. This is not being mean. It's just a tease. It's joking around. Now, I'm not going to go into a whole episode here about teasing. I do have a few episodes on the podcast where I dive into that. I think it's better for you, and you can you can check the show notes, to listen to that after this episode so you can learn more about how to tease. And then you can take some of those principles and use it for, again, when you're talking to friends, family, coworkers that are close to you, and you can do that. And teasing happens, by the way, it should be easy with your bros, with your buddies. It happens all the time, right? We tease our buddies all the time. We give them shit. We make fun of each other a little bit, but it's all in good fun. We just do that because, I don't know, that's a way that guys connect with each other. There's a funny quote out there that men uh, tease and make fun of their friends and not mean it and women compliment their friends and not mean it. I don't know. I always thought that was funny when I heard that. Um, but it is true, right? I don't know about you, but me and my buddies, we give each other crap. We make fun of each other a little bit. I have an inside joke with one of my buddies. And by the way, this is not something I'm telling you to do. Fair warning. This is an inside joke tease that only is working for me and maybe it works for someone else. It's not something I want you to use, but it's a great example. So I have a buddy. He teases me for some things. I tease him for some things. And he used to be a little bit bigger of a guy. He wasn't like overweight or obese, but he was stocky. And so he'd make fun of me because I was a skinny dude. And then I'd make fun of him back because he was a stocky guy. And he's not even stocky anymore. He's actually very fit. And uh, this weekend when I saw him, you know, I don't remember the context, but in whatever context, I, I called him stocky. And he wasn't upset. He just laughed about it, right? Because he knows he's not that way anymore. It was an inside joke. It's a tease. Having fun. So be careful when you do this. Tread lightly when you do it. But it is good, I believe, to have that be part of your personality. Okay? To just tease a little bit. The only exception here is, this is where it gets a little bit more advanced. I don't think I would use any sort of teasing when you first meet a guy friend. Okay, as I say this, like I'm thinking about it intuitively. When you meet a girl that you're flirting with, 100% right away. Wherever you can find it. But when you're meeting a, a guy friend, you want to tread a little bit more lightly. You want to be, yeah, actually, you kind of want to be a little bit more nice guy. Just a little bit when you're making friends. Because it can be off-putting if you're trying to make a friend and they're just kind of giving you shit and they don't even know you, right? But I say it's more advanced because it's still possible. It depends how fast you build rapport. If you build rapport and you know how to build rapport with someone very fast, meaning building that fast connection with someone, they don't seem like a stranger to you in, let's say, 10 minutes, then maybe there is something you can tease them on. You know, they tell you that they love Harry Potter or something like that, and you, you build rapport, 
and you can say, what are you up to this weekend? Well, besides, you know, watching all your Harry Potter movies. And you might say that. And if you built rapport, that could be funny, right? It's like a callback. If you haven't really built rapport, that might be not so great. For women, though, it is different and that does work. So why not practice it where it makes sense and when we can, when we're talking to other people throughout the week? Sans your coworkers that you're not close with and bosses and, and things like that. Number five, talking to more strangers to feel comfortable with strangers. So that's number five. That's the fifth habit. How do we actually talk to more strangers throughout the week? How can we create more opportunities to talk to more strangers throughout the week? Because if we do that, what happens is we start to be comfortable with women that we start going on dates with. Who are what? They're strangers. Or women who we meet when we're doing cold approaches, strangers. And I want you to have times during your week where you can actually do that. Now, here's the thing. We have a coaching program over here, TripAdvice Accelerator Coaching Program, where we make it possible for you to talk to more strangers throughout the week. We make it possible for you to talk to more women and approach more women during the week. We hold you accountable to actually be able to do that. And so if you're not able to have opportunities throughout the week to do this, or you're struggling to know where to meet women, when to meet women, and you need someone to really hold your hand metaphorically through the process, consider getting coached with a one-on-one coach over here at TripAdvice. If you go to tripadvicecoaching.com, you can be actually able to see guys' results who have taken the program and how well they've done. You'll be able to fill out a short two to three minute application that helps us understand where you're at and what your situation is. So then when we get on the phone with you, we can see if we can help you. And we have staff available right now to talk to you almost any hour of the day, I think besides like 11 to 6 a.m. And we can chat with you about coaching to see how it works. I'm mentioning this now because, you know, I feel like this one is actually very related to talking to more strangers. Because not a lot of people really put themselves in the position to do that. However, just understand that when you're in a coaching program with us, we help you with teasing. We help you with eye contact. We help you with how to break the touch barrier, giving you even more specific techniques on how to do that. And how to destroy that nice guy so that you can speak your opinions more and actually be more charismatic with people. Okay. Now. Back to habit five, throughout the week, when you're talking to a hostess at a restaurant or your waiter or a bartender or the person on the subway or you're waiting for an elevator with someone or you're in the elevator with the stranger, take those opportunities, any opportunity to break the the verbal barrier with a person, a stranger, 
That will just make new connections in your brain and create that habit. It's going to start to feel weird to not do that once it's a habit. And that's how we create the habit. That's what makes a habit a habit. When it's so ingrained in your routine, and in this case, for example, to talk to as many people as you can when you can, that if that doesn't happen, it feels off. So basically what we're doing is a reversal. In the beginning, when you create a habit, it feels off because you're in the habit of probably not doing some of these things. You're not in the habit of breaking touch barriers, speaking your opinion, eye contact, teasing, starting conversations, breaking the verbal touch, uh, verbal barrier, not touch barrier, verbal barrier, right? That's your habit. So it's uncomfortable. It's like, oh, I'm doing this new thing. So we get more comfortable, more in routine. And you start to finally do some of these things that you weren't doing before. So then all of a sudden, when you're out and you see a beautiful woman, you are ready and know to go start a conversation with her. You know when to break the touch barrier. You know to hold eye contact. You know to tease her a little bit when you're in conversation. And you even know how to not be such a nice guy anymore and speak your opinion more often in the conversation. All that stuff will be second nature. Because why? You've been doing it throughout the week. You've been doing it the past few months. Maybe you've been doing it for the past couple years. It's just who you are now. You're that person. I had to turn myself into that person. 15 years ago, I had to turn myself into a person who could do some of these things. Now, some of them I kind of did a little bit. But I wasn't too conscious of it. And because I wasn't so conscious of it, I had to really work at it. I had to put the time in, the effort, just like any skill. And if you're sitting here going, man, Trip, this is a lot of work. All for what? Honestly, it's a lot bigger, I believe, to do these things and build these habits than just about meeting and attracting women. I think that these things can actually help you build connections with more people. All these things are part of being a charismatic individual. And you'll actually gain more fans that way, in a sense. You will make better connections with people. You will make more connections with people, strangers. And I think that your life will be a little bit happier, to be honest. There's nothing like connecting with other humans. They say the longest study ever done on happiness, it's like 80-year study, something crazy, that showed that in terms of being the happiest version of yourself that you can be, it all came down to your relationships, your physical relationships and sexual relationships, your friendships, your family relationships. When we have that in order, then you're living a really fulfilling life. And honestly, I learned that this weekend too. When I was at this bachelor party, 
meeting a bunch of new guys for the first time. You know, I learned that. I, I was so present. You don't get many opportunities to just hang out with a bunch of people and socialize. And also it's fun when you get to socialize with people that you know and haven't seen in a while or new people that you've never met before. And you can walk away feeling really fulfilled from that. And of course, you're a human, you're a mammal. Okay, this is what makes us human, is the connections we have with other humans. There was a study done with rats and they gave the rats drugs. They, they actually had the option for them to do drugs. And so after this study, they found that the rats would go and try to get more of this like drug liquid that they could sip out of, whatever it was, opium or cocaine or methamphetamine. And they would go and get that more often when they were isolated. But the rats that had the option to get those drugs that were in a community of rats, I don't remember the specifics. It was either they didn't go and get the drugs at all or they did it a significantly less amount. And so that study, you know, paved way to the understanding of maybe if we're not lonely all the time and we have a community and we have people around us, support systems, and we're consistently connecting with other humans, then maybe we'll be happier and we can get our happiness from that. So food for thought there, something to think about. But these habits will do all of that for you. If you need help, we have a coaching program to help implement these habits and of course, specifically, be able to attract more women in general while you're going out, while you're getting dates, while you're doing online dating and swiping. All here at tripadvicecoaching.com, we're here for you and we can give you that one-on-one coach. What I'd like to do now is go into Q&A I want to answer just one or two questions to wrap up this episode for people who have been writing in, and I've been very excited to uh, to do so. So let's check it out. Hey, Trip, I've been following the podcast for a few years now. Love the content you put out. Little background on me: I'm 28 in Utah, and am of the LDS faith. So I'm saving sexual intimacy until marriage. I've been going out with a few girls recently, and there's one I have a stronger connection and like more than the others. She got divorced last July from a verbally abusive and toxic marriage and has told me she feels like she's ready to be dating again, but wants to take things slow. We've only been on four dates, so it's really new and things feel easy and flow well with her, but she's leaving to Ghana and Europe in May for the summer for a study abroad program. I want to keep in contact with her while she's gone, but want your advice on how I should go about that and any other thoughts you might have about communicating while she's gone and picking up things when she's back. Thanks again. It's interesting that you started this question saying that you're saving yourself for sexual intimacy because that is not a detail that is important to answering this question. I thought that that's where it was going. Um, But yeah, no, great question. So here's the thing. 
You don't want to be just dating her. So that's the bottom line. If you're not dating multiple women at a time, then what's going to happen is you will just eventually be too needy. I'm actually going to do a whole episode over this on the next episode that I do. So stay tuned for that. But let's just say that when you're out there and you're dating and you're meeting more people, you know, you're not going to be just trying to get the attention of that one woman. Okay, so I would still be dating. I mean, listen, you've only been on four dates. She's not your girlfriend, but I get it. She was a girl you really connected with, and she happens to be going away for the summer. So it might not be a bad idea to keep in touch with her a little bit. I think that's fine. So if I were you, I would text her to say hello on a FaceTime every couple of weeks. And that's, that is, I'm pushing it here because, again, I, I feel like even if you do that, you might still be stuck in this situation where you're just thinking about her and she's gone for months. But I do understand in your community, it might be a little bit more tough to meet people and there's an inherent scarcity involved. So let's have you do a FaceTime with her every two to three weeks just to catch up. You can text her to set up the FaceTime. And other than that, I would not be texting her. If she text messages you and she's trying to catch up with you, then you set a FaceTime. You know, if she wants to just send you a quick text or a picture, a quick response to that several hours later is totally fine. Just don't get caught up in this game of texting back and forth and back and forth. Because let me tell you something, if you get too invested in this woman and she ends up coming back and is not that interested anymore and you've just waited for her and even texting her and and trying to just get her on a FaceTime or trying to keep interest and you have no one else in your dating pool, you've wasted three months. And even if she's going away for a month, you've wasted a month. So we don't want that. So I would stick to keeping it light, dating other people and seeing what happens once she comes back. So thanks for sending in your question. I will definitely keep answering more questions. If you have one, you can email in trip at tripadvice.com, put in the subject line podcast question, and we'll answer it here in the podcast. I look forward to talking to you on the next episode, and I hope that this helps. <laughs>